Hello All Beer Inside listeners, we here at All Beer Inside understand that not everyone has the time to watch a YouTube video, so we are presenting the audio-only portion of the show here for your ear holes. This is the audio from episode 130 of the YouTube show, which was originally released on May 20th, 2022. You could subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, and most other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask that you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you are getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. Today we're in Three River, I mean Trois Rivières, Quebec, uh, and joining me is Nick from Gambrinus. Hi. Hi. Thank you very much for hosting us today. Uh, appreciate anybody taking their time into their schedule to speak with us about their delicious-looking craft beer. Of quite a beautiful location on top of that, so I look forward to learning more about Gambrinus as I've never been here before. Yeah, sweet man. Well, thanks awesome. for coming. Yeah, and I understand you are the head brewer, correct? Yeah. yeah Perfect. I am. All I am. right. So, uh, like I said, you got some delicious looking beers here for me to try today. What's, what am I starting with? Uh, we're starting with the Miyazaki. Uh, so that's a, a, a mango sour. Okay. It's called Miyazaki because I'm always like struggling to find inspiration to, to name yeah. my beers. So I, I'm just like Googling stuff. And through my Google adventures, I found out that the most expensive mango in the world is called the Miyazaki. Okay. It, it comes from the, the Miyazaki prefect, prefecture in Japan. Mm-hmm. And also love like uh, studio, studio Ghibli movies. Uh, mm-hmm. From Hayao uh, Miyazaki, so I just like put everything together and awesome. That's what I heard we're having. As we do, a toast. <laughs> Ooh, mango is incredible. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's real up there. Well, it's not like super bitter in any way either. It's Mm-mm. nicely balanced. It's not like a punch to the face. It's the mango is like right on that level. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's the so with this one, uh, I was trying a new yeast for the first time. Okay. So usually my sours are uh, made through keto souring with like uh, lactobacillus basically. And yep. then afterward I ferment with uh, saccharomyces. And this one is fermented with Philly sour. So it's a whole different like branch yeah. of, uh, of yeast. It's the lachensia. Okay. And so this one through one pitch, it's, it's going to produce like lactic acid and then um, your alcohol and CO2 at very the same cool. time. Yeah, very so. tasty. I'm uh, for my first Gambrinus beer ever. Yeah. Wow, like very, very impressed. Yeah, so. right. I'm, I'm really surprised with how many, how much um, two giraffe cloves okay. came through just uh, from the yeast mm-hmm. and kind of cuts through a bit, much less than like during fermentations yeah. inside of the, the mangoes. But yeah, it's not like a crazy amount of lactobacillus or anything that's really like uh, kicking his butt. So yeah. it's uh, that's incredibly balanced. Um, I'm very impressed. And the mango is not like. You know, it's not like a punch of mango. It's mm-hmm. like that right level balance of, yeah. of mango. Awesome. Yeah. So what's what's the beer story? What brought you to Gambrinus? Uh, and uh, what's the history of Gambrinus? Yeah, well, we opened in, well, they opened because I was uh, one year old when they did, but in 96. <laughs> and uh, so it's been a family run business since the beginning. Um, the the couple who opened the business are still owners. Mm-hmm. And since then, their, their, their child, they have two sons. Now both of them also work here. And I happened to meet uh, one of them too when I was studying in college, and we became really, really good friends. So I, I, before working here, I was a customer. Like I turned eighteen, uh, the second I turned eighteen was uh, was here. <laughs> and so yeah, I always like gravitated around uh, Gambrinus. And uh, in two thousand nineteen, I left Canada to go backpacking in Australia. Okay. And that's where I like through backpacking, I ended up working in a brewery. And uh, they like they, they taught me basically they formed me to become a they trained me. And so when was time uh, when the time was came like for me to come back home, I just told my friend, uh, who is the, the the son of the owner, and it just so happened that the brewer they had was leaving. 
So timing was perfect. <laughs> I just like swooped in. Yeah. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's quite the coincidence that you're like, oh, I went to Australia, I learned to brew, I'm back. Hey, are you guys hiring? Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, no, I didn't have to look for a job actually. Yeah. So, just, uh, so it was pretty awesome. That's that's quite the the swing from like backpacking through Australia yeah. and learning to brew there to coming back to Quebec, and then all of a sudden you're doing, I guess, what your dream job is, right? So. I guess as well, but I never like expected to become a brewer, and I, mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for it. I just needed work, and it just so happened that I knew a guy who knew a guy who plugged me in there and I got my, my start was like labeling cans yeah and then from there I did like deliveries and I started to clean the lines and the ball kept rolling so I'm like all right well I'm I'm, I'm digging it so might as well do it more a lot of people's beer journey is that where mm -hmm. it's they, they always start somewhere at, at the bottom of the totem pole and work their way up yeah so yeah and unexpected way as well like it's not really the kind of field where you can just like yeah you get out of high school, mm -hmm. like, all right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my two-year study in the <laughs> pre-university uh, brewing stuff. And yeah. It's unconventional, but that's the beauty of it, I think. Yeah. I mean, I know there's Sure Brew and there's other couple of brewing colleges in Quebec and Ontario, yeah. but it's not, uh, well, for Niagara School of Brewing, there's a wait list. But mm -hmm. outside of that, you know, uh, before the pandemic started, we were doing the... Uh, uh, a tasting of college beer at OTS in yep. Montreal. So it's it's crazy like that people can actually do that as a career now, not from where it used to be where brewing schools really didn't exist outside of, I think, Sibel in Chicago. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Gambrinus is pretty unique. Where does that name come from? So the story goes that there was a king in Europe, and I'm not going to name a country because I'm not sure where <laughs> exactly he was from, but uh, he's a king who conquered through not war, but he figured out that if you uh, you, you 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 give people the like party and opportunities and to have a good time, then they're gonna just like let yourself let him be their king. Okay. So he he just like throw huge parties with booze and and that's how uh, that's how he conquered. So that's how we're conquering now as well. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I do see a story on the back of the growler. Yeah, so we'll... yeah, that's the one that we've got a picture of the guy and everything. <laughs> that's that's so unique. Uh, I mean, if we could resolve all the world's crises through beer yeah, and partying, I mean, we'd be so much better off. I'm pretty off. sure we can. So, I mean, we'd be hung over. The world would be hung over most yeah, of the you, time. But... You don't have time to fight when you're hung <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, this place has been here since 1996. Do yeah. you know any problems they had when they were creating Gambrinus? Location to... Uh, getting the city permits, like any any problems that they ran Honestly, into? Not really, man. No? I'm, okay. uh, I haven't heard of anything uh, of the sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I think everything went pretty like swimmingly from the start. Yeah, they they did a bit of changes. Like uh, upstairs used to be a second bar. Okay. Where they play like heavy metal and <laughs> it was a bit rougher. They'd have like live radios, uh, DJs <laughs> yeah. in the brewery. Like the brewery used to be open as well mm -hmm. to the public, so it was like one area. Uh, that had to change for like laws and stuff, but yeah. uh, as far as I know, no major like problems. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Uh, what's beer number two we're doing here? That's called the Palomino. Okay. Um, so the name comes from a band that's playing tonight, actually, the Wild Palominos, or a country band, and my friend happens to play for them. So when he told me he was gonna come here and play a gig, I'm like, yeah, sweet, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna brew you a beer. So it's a, it's a cranberry season. Okay. Awesome. As we do. Cheers, a toast. Man. That's a, it's a saison, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'm starting to get like a bit of the, the Belgian-y wheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really expressive yeast. Mm -hmm. And so my thinking for the cranberry in this one was 
I, my favorite seasons are the, the, the ones with bread in Okay. You get like this funky sour stuff. Yeah. I don't have the equipment or the time or the like mm. everything to 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 work with bread because it takes months and months and I'm yeah. trying to turn out beers like in a week. So <laughs> so I figured out if I use cranberries, then I'm gonna get that acidity going on. Mm -hmm. So it's really not that um, fruit forward, mm -hmm. but you do get that nice balance, I think, with uh, with the fruit. Yeah. What what yeast is it? Is it Kvike or is it another? No, it's a French season from Escarpment. Lab. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some of your beer names, like you said, this one's named after a band, yeah. uh, Gambrinus itself, and, and from when I look in Dublin, Eswathal, yeah. like very unique names. Who, who comes up with the naming convention of the beers here at Gambrinus? Uh, well, it's half half. So there's, um, there's a, quite a few beers that have been here for a, a long, long time. So you, you named the, the Gambrinus and the Eswathal, those are been around for probably like 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So they said the, 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 the guy who brewed it at the beginning, uh, chose that name for a reason I'm not aware of, and we just keep them rolling. And for the other half, um, usually it's me at the moment where I'm about to to release them. I'm like, should I really need to, <laughs> to find something for that one? And it um, it's a mix of everything, really. I, I like to to uh, to pay an homage to some musicians I really like. I like Daniel Belanger a lot, so yeah. I named a few beers after his songs and inspiration of the moment, really. Very cool. Yep. Have you, because uh, uh, I usually ask this uh, later on, but I'll ask it now, because like, I know uh, the podcast Vox and Hops, you know, the lead singer is part of a heavy metal band. Do you have any of the, have you, do you collaborate with any musicians that come in? They shoot the ideas of beers at you? I have or? not done it yet. No? Okay. Um, I've only been here since September, so it's like okay. seven months now. Mm -hmm. um, but in the future, I'll really, really enjoy doing that. I like, I like the community aspects of it, so... If I can work with bands to, to find something out, I'd love yeah. to. If I can work with, um, I have friends who like grow uh, their own vegetables and I'm, I'm, I've been asking them to grow me some herbs and stuff so I can have like a bit of my friends and the people I'm, I'm yeah. really uh, dear to in, my, in the stuff I create. Yeah. So, yeah, very good. I mean, yeah, beer is art and science and, and clearly you guys are very art focused too. You, I'm guessing local artists, yeah. they sell their art here, which is always nice to see is when I walk into a brewery and they're supporting the local community of mm -hmm. like, put your art up, maybe we'll sell it, maybe we won't. It looks pretty for us. If it sells, great for you, just make another one and yeah. we'll put another one up. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's that's one thing, like it's very rare. It's usually when I go to concerts, Fafouin Electric in Montreal, huh. it's just art everywhere. Yeah. And you can buy it. And, and I love seeing that is, it's the whole, let's support local, let's, let's keep local and Clearly, I'm guessing your cranberries are from Quebec as well. So it's... Uh, they're Canadian. Okay. The, so. the, we didn't, I, I tried to buy Quebec yeah. as much as possible, but um, cranberry, like Quebec, cranberries weren't uh, available at the moment. Mm -hmm. we ju we're just out of it, but for a few months, uh, fruits were like, the price went through the roof, <laughs> kind of doubled in a week. Um, so, yeah. but, but like we tried to stay as local as possible for yeah. sure. Now, that's the most important part that, that, to my aspect, is if you can't stay local, like, in your province, at least stay local in Canada. Yeah. And that's, that's a, a big thing that we say is, you know, support local, and that's, that's been tried and true, and, and I've been supporting local breweries for 15 years now, ever since the, the Mondial introduced me to beer, yep. craft beer, and it's like, whoa, this, these guys are in Quebec? Like, what? And, you know, I already knew about Protopia, but I didn't know about Gigicel. I had no idea, because... You know, 15 years ago, I was a baby in the craft beer world, and the craft beer world has changed so much in the last five. 
it's really hard to keep up yeah. as, as a craft beer drinker. Yeah, but we're lucky to to um, to like evaluate in, mm -hmm. in the environment we're in. Yeah. The scene is, I think, uh, ahead of the game, far ahead. Like I was in Australia um, yeah. a year ago, and when I left Quebec, we were starting to to like the, the New England IPA craze was kind of fading up, mm -hmm. and we were hopping mm -hmm. on sour beers and all that stuff. When I got to Australia, they were like just learning about New England IPAs. Yeah. So it's it's insane to see when I came back here, um, just in any little corner store uh, or like gas stations, yeah. <laughs> the section of, of craft beer in two years went like yeah. from a little fridge to a whole wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, not even five years ago, I don't even think outside of Peluso, we didn't have that many craft beer stores and now every little neighborhood has one. Yeah. Uh, there's three alone in, in Point St. Charles in Montreal. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, and it's literally just a wall of Quebec beer and Quebec wine and Quebec cider yeah. and uh, local, you know, uh, charcuterie and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's as, as craft beer drinkers, as people who enjoy flavor for the things they do, how are being spoiled right now? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little costly and you, you can't be working a minimum wage job to, to be drinking this on a regular basis. Uh, but there are options, and there are cheaper. There are some cheaper brasseries that you could go to to get to get a good beer. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of collabs, like you said, you've uh, collabed with, uh, or you'd like to collab with bands and, and other artists in the area at some point. But have you done any beer collabs with either, let's say, a coffee shop or a local malter or even another brewery yet? We we do work with uh, uh, coffee coffee makers, coffee mm -hmm. roasters actually, yeah. uh, Le Café from downtown uh, we have a, a coffee ipa okay. so we use their stuff for that um, we use local uh, nature stores for mm -hmm. uh, Labrador. okay Labrador tea. Yeah. i don't know uh, yeah. if that's the, the english name for it yeah. <laughs> and apart from that i have been working with the previous brewer um, who i got really like friendly uh, with he's a great guy so he came by uh, a few times actually to brew with me so the the, the last one we're going to drink yeah. has been made with him Cool. Uh, but I have not had the opportunity yet to brew with other breweries, either here or um, at their place. Yeah. I'd for sure love to do that. Any Anyone you'd love to shout out that, like, if they, the owner happens to see the show? Yeah, well, come sure. on by. Uh, there's so. Le Tendon Point, close yeah. to my heart. They're, uh, they're really, really awesome guys, good brewery, really tasty stuff they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, La Ferme du Tarieux. Okay. They're a bit uh, like 15, 20 minutes away from here in Saint Anne. Awesome guys, really, really good party people, and their stuff as well is amazing. They're farmers, so like the stuff they brew, they, they grew the grain and the hops. Oh, cool! So it's all uh, it's really impressive of them to do that. Yeah, I love that. Now you, your brewing background is from Australia. If you could go back and brew oh, Gambrinis with yeah, I'd love that. Australia, what? Yeah, maybe yeah. a couple of Australian breweries. Who who would those be? Uh, well, Wicked Elf is where I got my start, um, so I hold them close to my heart as well. They really gave me a great opportunity to get into the world and, I mean, do what I do now, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I don't know where he works now, but uh, Rico was okay. my, my, my sensei, I call him. <laughs> An amazing guy. He's from Brazil and he, he studied in Sibel, you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So that's where he got his start in brewing world and then worked everywhere around the world, in Germany, in Hong Kong, wow. in Australia for a while. And then he moved on to another brewery, I think a bigger place. But if I could ever get the opportunity to, to work with him again, it would be really special. For me. That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's nice to hear is like, 
here's the guy who taught me. I need to brew with him. Yeah, so. for sure. And I'd like to, to show him as well, like, yeah. where, uh, where I'm at now, because... Um, yeah, I mean, from, like you said, washing kegs to where you are yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. It's, it's, it's the journey and a half, you know. It's either... Uh, there's another uh, beer podcast of the U.S. That, that I listen to, and he's like, the guy literally started as labeling cans, and yep. now he's the head brewer of a small brewery in some northwest uh, northwestern state, and he's just... He's like, I literally just sat there, stuck a can on, pushed the thing, hit rafts, yeah. and I went from doing that eight hours a day to, to where I am now. Yeah. It's, it's quite the journey. The same thing, a thousand cans a day. Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> so what's beer zone. number three? That's our um, household one. That's the Gambrinus. Okay. So it's a quite classic um, English IPA, but that batch has been fermented with Fike. Okay. Awesome. A toast. A toast. <laughs> Yeah, Kvika we're starting to notice is the popular because it oh, turns out the beer is like it's awesome. Yeah. I love it so much. Have you heard of the Kvika cream? No, I haven't. <laughs> so as you know, Kvika comes from uh, yeah. Norway, and over there they have this belief that when you pitch the yeast into the beer, that's when that's an opportunity for bad spirits to go into your beer and spoil it. Okay. So in order to 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 prevent that and scare the the, the bad spirits. <laughs> You scream. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. So I'm in my aquarium. I call it my, my brew house, the aquarium, because it's yeah. all like yeah. windowed up. Most times there's going to be customers around here, just like my ah. <laughs> yeah. You've got to give yourself uh, like 100% when you do it. So it's a really nice primal scream. That's awesome. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. Oh, yeah. that is hilarious yeah. to hear. So that's a dry scream to yeah. beer. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great beer. It's, it's very smooth. It's like faint, faint bitterness too. I mean, yeah. for somebody who's, you know, uh, we have a friend, he claims he's hop sensitive and he doesn't like IPAs and we, uh, as friends, all agree that that friend is insane, but, uh, because like every, I mean, there's so many IPAs now. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. Like, and what is an IPA now yeah, as well? Yeah. It, it can be so many things. Even now, like coffee IPAs, New England's, mm -hmm. uh, you add lactose, you don't have any sour. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, I think it's just kind of like, instead of just calling it IPA, just name it beer. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah, outside of pretty much a lager and a bitter, it's most and stouts clearly. Yep. And even now, there's you know, there's white stouts. There's it's there's white the, stouts. I've yeah, heard of those. Are they like um, wheat? Yeah, yeah. It's um, to, to me, it's a coffee IPA the way I taste it, but mm -hmm. it's it's a lot more coffee forward than than IPA forward. So, yeah, I know uh, Oshlag does a white stout as well. So. Damn. So you said you started your brewing in Australia. Yep. Uh, did you homebrew before that at all, no, or just no, never? Wow. Never. I, I was enjoying like craft beer because, as I said, I spent a lot of time here mm -hmm. before. But um, no, actually, the year before I started the brewing in Australia, I was I was backpacking, living in my car, right? So I was drinking um, box wine mostly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of far uh, departure. I I, I ne never really occurred to me that, I, that 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 could be a thing I do mm -hmm. as a career, really. But um, as soon as I, I got the opportunity, as I said, I, I was labeling cans and I got good friends with Rico, that guy who taught me. And he's the one one day I was like my, I was supposed to work two weeks, right, for my contract. And after the two weeks, he just came up to me and said like, all right, Monday morning, 6 a.m., we're going to brew. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. well, all right, then that's, that's a thing now. That's awesome. Yep. So, so what was that first beer you brewed? Oh, what was it? I think it was a double IPA. 
Ouais. Tu vois, with Kvike, if I'm not mistaken, that I brewed with him. And then, so, over there, we had six fermenters. So, over the course of two or three weeks, I think we filled everything up and canned that. And then he left uh, with a two weeks notice, which wasn't enough for the owners to, to find somebody else. <laughs> and since I was there with him while we filled it up, and now they were empty. <laughs> we're like, uh, do you want to do it? <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, sure. So the first beer I brewed on my own was a session IPA. Nice. Yep. Cool. That's that's pretty adventurous, like a session IPA, because you're just trying to lower the alcohol level while you're creating it. It's yeah. It's pretty adventurous. I'm sure the internet we have now also helps when you're creating a beer recipe. Is oh, let's see how these guys did it and mm. what their reviews are, and then I can yeah. kind of make it my own. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, for, for that one, I wrote for all the beers I brewed in Australia, I had recipes. Okay. And as I was brewing, I, I dealed with them that um, I would do it only if they, they got me a course. Okay. So I did cool. the, the IVD, the Certificate in Brewing um, oh. Distance. And, but I, I started making my own recipes here. And what was the first beer that you brewed at a Gambrinus? With uh, so when I came here, we I had like I worked two weeks with Amin, the, the previous brewer, mm -hmm. just so he could show me show me around. And we brewed, if I'm not mistaken, a, a triple Belgian triple. Wow, I think so. Yeah, that's a big beer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some big differences between brewing and everything in the beer industry in Australia to, to where you are here in Quebec now? Anything you missed that you'd love to bring over from Australia to here? Yeah, they've got awesome hops over there that are like grown in Australia, so Galaxy is much easier to have, mm -hmm. um, which I can't get here, unfortunately. But we do have awesome Quebec hops as well yes. here, more and more, and that's I think they're underrated and underutilized, and that's something going forward I'd really love to to bring in. Otherwise, I mean, scale is different. Just like that's not an Australian versus Quebec thing, more yeah. of like where I was brewing, brewing there to where I'm brewing now. Um, I'm much closer to my, my product here. It's yeah. much smaller scale, and, but I, I love it. I really enjoy that proximity to it and that, the fact that beers turn out much faster so I can try out stuff more as well. Trois-Rivières feels like it's a little more of a working class town. Yeah. Uh, you have a classic uh, Bud Molson drinker come. What is that beer that you introduced them to to try and convince them that beer can have flavor? Uh, so we have the Saint Barn, which okay. is uh, basically an English bitter, and more basically than that, it's like a clone of uh, Labatt 50. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Just like pale, crisp, drinkable. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's good. I, I, have you had people that have come here and they're like, no, I only drink the big guys, and then they have the, that bitter that you mentioned, and they're like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it does happen every once in a while, like yeah. people come in and they actually order a Molson. Yeah. You gotta like <laughs> take them by the hand. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna go this way instead, bud. Yeah. Um, but eventually, uh, that's the, the, the nice thing though, because like you pour them something that's not labeled as Molson, but it's in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, cool, that's, that's nice, it's a bit different. Yeah. And like baby steps from there. They kind of learn, yeah. and in a year or two, they're they're back going to Vermont every week because because <laughs> that's what the <laughs> yeah that's what they're about now. It's uh, it's really weird to see people like fifty plus getting them into craft beer all of a sudden. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's it's pretty wild to me that there's room for everybody. Everybody's palate's different. If you don't like it, fine. Try try local wine. We're in Quebec, we have a million vineyards. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of cideries and orchards that make cider. 
uh, we're starting to get a lot of gin and craft distillers. There is something local that you can buy that you will enjoy. Yep. Try local. Yep. So. It goes with what we, you were saying before that like beer was or like started as a um, working class mm -hmm. beverage, right? But as the industry grows, there's more and more and more, there's something for everyone, literally. You, yeah. it, you still have those craft breweries making that working class beverage, right? Yeah. And you also have that, forget the name of the, the brewery that made it, but it's like a triple something with, with uh, like spider blood in yeah. it. And yeah. it's like way out of what you'd expect a beer to be, but that's also available. That's amazing, I think. I mean, there's a brewery in the US where uh, the head brewer literally grew the yeast in his beard and just combed it into <laughs> the, 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 yeah. So it's, uh, wow. it's crazy. And I, I don't know what it is, but I know it's in the, um, the territories up north. There's, you drink a shot with like a mummified toe or uh -huh. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that's it's, in, isn't it White Horse or? Yeah, I think it's White Horse. Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard yeah, of that. Uh, <laughs> you know. That's a bucket list we're, for sure. <laughs> as Canada, we're interesting people. <laughs> and we're so diverse. And, and that's where, to me, it's is like the diversity of craft beer. And yeah, most guys who are into craft beer look like us, but there is room for women. There is room for the LGBT. There is room for BIPOC community. There, it doesn't just have to be a white guy's drink anymore. You know, and that's that's something that it's slow, and they're trying. Breweries yeah. are trying, but yeah. But as diversity, I think we we really um, we gain from that. Yeah, from diversity, and that's that's I, I believe that's how the, the 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 industry grows. Yeah, is from new perspectives and like finally someone who's not a I'm I'm, I'm saying that as a white cis male, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, somebody who's <laughs> not a white cis male is is bound, I think, to to come up with something fresh and original yeah. and steer us in a direction that we would not have expected. Yeah, but that's gonna be awesome. Awesome. Uh, so I like to ask this is one thing that Toilet is is a smaller community. You're clearly between Quebec City, so I'm sure you get a lot of people who are on their way to Quebec City from Montreal stop here for beers and a drink first, yep. but. So I stop in Trois-Rivières, I come here, I try all your great beers, friends in the area to try before I continue my adventure or I stay here or I go somewhere else. Some other breweries in Trois-Rivières to try. Yeah, uh, well, uh, Le Talon Pint for sure. Mm -hmm. um, they, they're, we're, we're talking working class and that's their theme, right? So everything is like, the, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Their tap handles are like uh, tools. Mm -hmm. We get like wrenches and yeah. stuff. Uh, really, really good stuff they're making out uh, up there. Um, also in the area, not a brewery, but Le Café Frida. Okay. It's a vegan restaurant. You've never had that good of a chicken that's not a chicken. <laughs> like cool. it, they're not chicken, it's better than chicken. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and they also have like awesome tap beers as well from, since they're not brewers. Yeah. Uh, they have a sweet selection from like everywhere. So that's pretty sweet. I talked about Le, Le Ferme du Tarrier earlier mm -hmm. as well. Those guys are dope and we got La Forge du Malte. Uh, the Broadway pub, um, Café La Besotte in Yamashish, not a brewery as well, but such a little, they, it's a restaurant. Yeah. And they built it inside this old colonial house. So it's, they didn't like put down walls mm -hmm. or everything. It's still the dining room and then the, the bedroom upstairs, but there's like tables to eat. And That's there. cool. Uh, there are artists and awesome beers as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And I saw uh, on the way here, De, de Paris. Dépareillé, yeah. Okay. Yep. Actually, we have in uh, Mauricie, there's La Route des Brasseurs. Okay. And uh, so it's this organism that um, puts every brewery okay. around here. Yeah. 
together and then you can like you have discounts if you go to every one of them and stuff like that so we're checking out for sure we're at the point where we've interviewed breweries that have opened during the pandemic just as much as we've interviewed breweries before yep. that were open the pandemic and it's it's hard to believe that how many breweries in quebec have kept going ontario more opening i think i know kukin in in blainville has has closed unfortunately but i don't know anywhere else it's and, and we had, you know, in Gatineau, we had Saint-Cambreau, Baron, Gallicus, and other breweries open all over Montreal. We had Masorum. We just have a new one now in Point St. Charles, Memento. It's just, it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps yeah, going. Yeah. I can't keep up. <laughs> I'm getting too old. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think the, the, the pandemic has kind of played the, a nice role in the growth of the beer world. Because as I was talking earlier, you know, in, in, the, mm -hmm. in the gas station, there's a huge selection of, yeah. micro, of craft breweries. When your, your tap room is closed, you have to put out your can somewhere, right? Yeah. So, like, is it possible that the fact that there was a pandemic and no business could be open kind of worked yeah. in a way that helped us? Yeah. I know after the first lockdown, we were lucky enough to interview Third Moon, and they said the pandemic actually helped them because there was stuff that they weren't ready for opening date that they actually got to push forward. Because of the pandemic. Now, the pandemic sucked. Nobody wanted the pandemic. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's um, the fact that it helped some businesses is pretty mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, it didn't help all the businesses. It did help craft beverages, I find, because I'm just now it's like, oh, a new distillery in Quebec. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Valley Field, Mirabelle, uh, here, this, here, all over Quebec. It's, it's crazy how much, as a show, I think we could just stay in Quebec and, and finish up until we both have to retire from doing this. It's, <laughs> Uh, but there's there's so much. It's, I've never been to the Maritimes for beer. I've never been past uh, Alberta for beer. Mm -hmm. And it's there's so much across Canada, and that's one thing. Um, when it's safe to travel again, when you could sit on a plane without having to wear a mask. Now, I personally have no problem wearing a mask right now. But when I could sit on a plane for hours on end, a beer vacation that you want to take that you haven't. Now, you've been to Australia, so you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> so anywhere else, if you've never been to Europe, even if you just want to go to, let's say... Florida or California or something like so, what's a beer vacation that you'd love to take I, I have a friend in Ireland and I, I kind of idolized the, the the idea of drinking a pint of Guinness it's yeah. like eating the apple from the orchard yeah, yeah yeah so that's one uh, Vermont I haven't really been to the States since I'm a brewer and since I'm kind of closer to that that scene there's just so many things to see over there I'd love to yeah. uh, I mean even just in Quebec I haven't been to Dunham. I haven't been to Oval. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a few uh, few ones on my on my list, man. Uh, I kind of want to do it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with it. Yeah. Well, it's because you have to work, you know, at least for five six days a week. Yeah, that's beer. the thing. That's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> oh, I have a day, and then it's, oh well, I got to make sure that there's enough beer here for if I do go away for two weeks, I don't have to worry about. Yep. So yeah, I'm sure the life of a brewer is not. Maybe a brewery owner is simpler, but a brewer, no, I can't, I can't see that. <laughs> All of a sudden, because you have to prepare for time off, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Do you, do you have an assistant, or is it just you right um, now? I mean, it's, it's mainly me, and okay. the, Mark, the owner, is, he does like give me a good help okay. with like, uh, tips and tricks yeah. and doing this. And if I don't have time to, to wash cakes <laughs> or something, he's going to jump in and, and do it. But mostly, it's, um, I'm, I'm doing beer. Okay. Yep. Uh, so what's the last beer we're having here? Last beer we're having is called La Mer Noire. Okay. And so that's a black IPA. I'm really proud of the name on that one because I'm, I'm a pun lover. I love puns. Mm -hmm. And La Mer Noire, the black sea. Yep. But La Mer, bitter and black. Awesome. Toast. Toast, man. Ooh. 
Yeah. See, it's that right level of coffee bitterness that I like. Mm -hmm. It's not like, here's all this coffee, like a, like a really <laughs> strong coffee forward stout. It's not like that. It's, it's the bitterness of the IPA with the bitterness of the coffee is very well balanced. Yeah, I'm, um, I love that one. Mm. The first time I had a black IPA was in Australia and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> Are you serious? So yeah. I came back here and we brewed this on end of the week, I think. I was just having a short day. And at 5.30, I was getting done. And Amin, who I mentioned a few times, mm -hmm. um, the previous brewer, just stopped by for a beer with his friends and something. And I was done, so we just started like drinking and having a chat and her lap and everything. And yeah, he said, do you want to brew? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so at 6 p.m., I uh, started the fire and we brewed. We, we had a... Well, we had a good time for yeah. this one, a few beers yeah. in, and it was a, a party one. Yeah, no, when we uh, did our interview with the home brewer, and he's like, okay, so this is done, now have a beer. Okay, now this is done, now have a beer. I'm like, dude, I have to drive. <laughs> <laughs> as, as fun as this is, uh, I just got a new car. I do not want to, like, I do not want to take it away. I don't want my license taken away. And that's why when I come out, I'll have a flight, uh, you know, and then that's it. Uh, you also do food here. Is there a sort of food beer menu pairing, or is it just we make suggestions of if you yeah, get the nachos, try this? Yeah, we have like the, the classic menu that doesn't change, but uh, our chef, big shout out, he's awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. His name's Cedric, and uh, we're lucky to have him. He there's a rotating menu of four items that changes every week. So I mean, I think the beer selection here is large enough that you can find something to go with everything. Uh, what's nice though is that he really, really likes using my off products mm -hmm. and my so like my my spent grains. Yeah. He would sometimes take them and dry them and put them into his um, uh, batter. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. beer batter. Yeah, yeah, beer batter. And we put the, our beer into uh, into our sauces and everything. So yeah. there's there's this cooperation yeah. of like a rotating stuff inside the business. That's yeah. pretty fun. Awesome. Uh, I mean, this has been a great talk. I honestly have no other questions for you. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time of your schedule to speak with us today about your, your brewery and your awesome brew house and, and pub. Uh, I look forward to trying to come back here on some off time to sit down and have a couple of beers with you and, yeah. and not, not have <laughs> to do, do our, our free job, as, as <laughs> yeah. I call it. So, um, what's next for Gambrinus as a brand? Uh, I mean, going forward, we, we're not doing cans at the moment, but that's something we would like to do in the future. So maybe look out for that if that's a thing. Um, otherwise, you can look us up on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well at Gambrinus underscore brew, B-R-O-U-E, pub, P-U-B. And Facebook just at Gambrinus. And yeah, uh, look us up. We'll put updates and we have live shows in the, during summer coming up, out, outdoor shows with the terrace open and everything. Oh, nice. Yeah, should be a fun time. And what's the address? What's the address? So the address is 3160 Boulevard des Forges uh, in Trois-Rivières. And yeah, there's a big old G, uh, yellow <laughs> G at the entrance. You can't miss it. <laughs> uh, thank you once again for speaking with us today. Uh, as for us, allbeerinside.com is the website. At allbeerinside on all social media. And as I say at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.